On this episode, you'll learn how Almighty God has given you and I an opportunity to get in on a promise of blessing that covers every area of our lives, health, wealth, you name it. And not only did he promise, but he swore in blood. Stay tuned. Life was bitter to the core. There was nothing to live for until love came. My name is Harold J. Perkins, and at the age of 17, I was selling drugs and on my way to an early grave. While sitting in my house with about 10 guys, God gave me an out-of-body experience, and I was lifted above the room. I could see everything moving in slow motion. After that, I got up and put those guys out, and I cried out to Jesus Christ. He came into my life with liberty and purpose. Then I ran into religion. And it has taken me over 40 years to navigate through religion to fully understand what came into me that day. This podcast is to help put you on a faster track than it took me to get through religion and experience life, liberty, and purpose on a higher level. So get ready. We're about to start a revolution. Again, welcome. I'm excited about getting into this teaching with all the bad and negative things going on in the world today. What if I told you that if you believed in Jesus Christ, you have a promise from God, the God of heaven, that he will bless you beyond your wildest dreams in spite of the darkness going on in the world today. And that not only has he promised to do so, he has sworn in blood that he will bless you. Now, in this day of people not keeping their word, God will never go back on his word. Whatever he has said, he will perform it. And he has made some awesome promises to us, and I'm going to get into them on this episode. But to fully understand what God has done, I'm going to go back to a time when men kept their word. And there was one thing that they did to assure that they would not go back on their word. They went into a blood covenant. Here's an example of it. If a man was a good farmer, but he was not a good warrior, he would go into a blood covenant with a warrior. Each of them would cut their wrists and join them together. As their blood mingled together, what they were saying is, we are now one. If the former needs help in a fight, the warrior has sworn in blood that he will come to his rescue. If the warrior needs food, the former would supply him food because he has sworn in blood. Neither one would break their word because it was a sworn covenant in blood. Now, I'm going to show you that God has gone into such a covenant with us. But first, I'm going to show you how God went into covenant with Abraham to give him and his seed the land that they now possess in Israel. I'm in Genesis chapter 15, verses 1 through 13. After these things, the word of the Lord came unto Abram. His name's not been changed yet. In a vision, saying, Fear not, Abram, I am thy shield and thy exceeding great reward. And Abram said, Lord God, what will you give me, seeing I go childless, and the steward of my house is this Eliezer of Damascus? And Abram said, Behold, to me you have given no seed, and lo, one born in my house is mine heir. And behold, the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, This shall not be your heir, but he that shall come forth out of thine own bowels shall be your heir. And he brought him from abroad and said, look now toward heaven and tell the stars if you are able to number them. And he said unto him, so shall your seed be. 
and he believed in the Lord, and he counted unto him for righteousness. And he said unto him, I am the Lord that brought you out of Ur of the Chattees to give you this land to inherit. And he said, Lord, whereby shall I know that I shall inherit it? Now, I'm going to stop for a minute. Notice Abraham is asking, how am I going to know? Now, let's look what God did. Verse 9, and God said unto him, take me a heifer of three years old and a she goat of three years old and a ram of three years old and a turtle dove and a young pigeon. And he took unto them all these and divided them in the midst and laid each piece one against another, but the birds divided he not. And when the fowls came down upon the carcass, Abraham drove them away. And when the sun was going down, a deep sleep fell upon Abram, and lo, a horror of great darkness fell upon him. And the Lord said unto Abram, Know of a surety that your seed shall be a stranger in a land that is not theirs, and they shall serve them, and they shall afflict them for four hundred years, and also that nation whom they shall serve will I judge, and afterwards shall they come out with great substance. Now you see, he said they're going to come out with great substance. Now that's going to be very important as I get deeper into this to understand this wealth transfer that's going to happen in this world. Now, God went into a, a sworn covenant with Abraham. After this, Abraham knew that God would give his seed the land because he understood the power of a blood covenant. And today they have the land. Now, let me show you where we come in at with the sworn blood covenant that God has made with us to bless us and to be a God unto us. I'm going to go to Genesis chapter 22. Now, let me set the stage for this. Abraham finally has the son that God promised him. And so now this lad is, I think, maybe 12, 13 years old, somewhere in that, that range. And God asked him to go to a mountain and to sacrifice his son. And so here Abram follows instruction, goes up to the hill that he was told to, and now he's getting ready to sacrifice his son. Now, I'm at Genesis 22. I'm going to start reading at verse 10 through 12. And Abram stretched forth his hand and took the knife to slay his son. And the angel of the Lord called unto him out of heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, Here I am. And he said, Lay not your hand upon the lad neither do anything unto him. For now I know that you fear and reverence God, seeing you have not withheld thy son, thine only son from me. Now, because of Abraham was willing to do this, look at what God says. I'm going to jump to verse 16 through 18. And God said, by myself have I sworn, says the Lord, for because you have done this thing and have not withheld your son, your only son, that in blessing I, I will bless you. And in multiplying I, I will multiply your seed as the stars of the heaven and as the sands which is upon the seashore. And your seed shall possess the gate of his enemies. And in your seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed because you have obeyed my voice. Because Abraham was willing to give his son, God would give his son Jesus Christ. Remember, it's a blood covenant. What one is willing to do for one, the other's willing to do as well. So God would now be able to give his son, Jesus Christ, to seal the covenant with blood. And notice God said all nations of the earth will be blessed by Abraham. His name was originally Abram. It was changed to Abraham. Now, we've all heard this scripture 
most of us have. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. That's John 3, 16. The 17th verse says this, for God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. And then as we go, when Jesus first was revealed in John chapter one, verse 29, listen to what it says. And the next day, John sees Jesus coming unto him and said, behold, the lamb of God, which takes away the sin of the world. Notice that when we read, he said to Abraham, because you've done this, all nations of the earth will be blessed. Since Abraham was willing to give his son, God gave his son for the entire world and that whoever believes in him would have everlasting life and the whole world would be blessed because Abraham was willing to give his son and God gave his son. Listen to 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 23 to 25. Jesus actually, before he gave his life, he had what's called Passover. Listen to what he said. I'm in 1 Corinthians 11, 23 to 25. The Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, take eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. After the same manner also, he took the cup. Listen to this. When he had sub saying, this cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do you as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Jesus said that this is the blood of the new covenant. His blood sealed the new covenant for all of us who believe in him. Everything written in the New Testament is a sworn blood covenant by God to us. Now, you should be wanting to know now what is in this covenant. Now, so you know that we're a part of the covenant. Listen to Galatians 3, 29. And if you be Christ, then are you Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Now, Let's look at now what God has actually promised us. I'm in Romans chapter four, verse 13. For the promise that he, Abraham, and his seed should be heir of the world was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. This is talking about the righteousness and the faith of Jesus Christ. When Jesus came and he died, he got the entire world out of the hands of Satan, it now belongs to Jesus Christ, who is the seed of Abraham, and we are in Christ, so we are the seed, so it all belongs to us. We, Abraham's seed, have been promised and given the whole world. This is why there will be a wealth transfer. God promised it to the seed of Abraham. We just have to develop our faith to be like Abraham's faith and put a demand on it coming to us. But first, you have to know what is rightfully yours. Most believers don't know this because when you do, you do like the widow in Luke chapter 18. Let me show you what I'm talking about. I'm in Luke chapter 18, verses 1 through 18. First of all, this is Jesus speaking. And he spoke a parable unto them to this end, that men ought to always pray and not faint, saying, there was in a city a judge which feared not God, neither regarded man. And there was a widow in that city. And she came to him saying, avenge me of mine adversary. 
and he would not for a while. But afterwards he said within himself, Though I fear not God, nor regard man, yet because this widow troubles me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she weary me. And the Lord said, Hear what the unjust judge said, and shall not God avenge his own elect, which come day and night, and cry day and night unto him, though he bear long with them? I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, shall he find faith on the earth. Now, this woman came because she knew what was rightfully hers, and she would not quit until she got it. This is what we have to do. Even though this judge didn't fear God and he didn't regard man, he saw this woman was not going to quit. And she kept coming. He knew she was going to keep coming until she got what was hers. That's what we have to do. The entire world has been given unto us, the seed of Christ and the seed of Abraham. But we got to put a demand on it. Here's what we have to do. We have to say, God, I'm the, I'm the righteousness in Christ. This is mine. I'm expecting it. We say to the devil, I am the righteousness of God, and you have to take your hands off of my wealth, and wealth, you come to me. We have to call it in. We're made in the image of God, and God spoke, and the world came into existence, and we have the same power and ability to do the same thing in regards to our lives. Listen to Galatians chapter 3, verse 13 and 14. Now, we're talking about and seeing now what God has promised us, what he has taken us out of. This verse says, verse 13 says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone that hangs on a tree. See, since Abraham was willing to give his son, God gave his son and he put the curse on his son so that when it died, when he died, it was like we died and the curse died with it. Verse 14 says this, that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the spirit through faith. Sickness is a curse. Christ took that for us. So we say to our body, behold, poverty is a curse and we are to refuse it. This is all a part of what God has promised and sworn to us. Listen to Hebrews chapter 6, verses 12 through 14. That you be not lazy, but followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promise. For when God made promise to Abraham, because he could swear by no greater, he swore by himself, saying, Surely blessing I will bless you, and multiplying I, I will multiply you. This is repeating what God said to Abraham when he was willing to give his son. Now, the question you have to ask, how blessed is God? Is he broken sick? No. Then you shouldn't be also. We shouldn't be also. He is extremely blessed and you should be blessed as well. Set your expectations higher. You are a promised child of God. And it also says that you are God multiplied. Does God have power? then you should too. Listen to Mark chapter 11, verses 22 and 23. This is Jesus talking. Jesus had just cursed a fig tree and, and said that no man will eat of you hereafter. And then they come and they see that the tree died. And he says to them, let me teach you something. Verse 22 of Mark chapter 11. And Jesus answered and said unto them, have faith in God. For 
Truly I say unto you, that whosoever shall say even to this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that the things that he says shall come to pass, he will have whatsoever he says. You know why he believes that they're going to come to pass? Because he believes that God's going to honor his words. Just like he honored the words of Jesus Christ when he walked the earth, who was our example, when we speak, God will honor our words. Now, maybe you don't need a mountain to move, but you need something to move. Speak to it and expect your God to move it. These are promises that God has sworn to you and me and sealed them with the blood of his son, Jesus Christ. Listen to Hebrews chapter three, verse 14 through chapter four. I'm going to go maybe to chapter verse 12 and chapter four. Here's what it says. For we are made partakers of Christ. If we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast unto the end. While it is said today, if you'll hear his voice, harden not your hearts as in the provocation. For some, when they had heard, did provoke, howbeit not all that came out of Egypt by Moses. But with whom was he grieved forty years? Was it not with them who had sinned, whose carcass fell in the wilderness, and to whom swore he that they would not enter into his rest, but to them that believed not? So we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. You see, God had promised them the land. And he had to, the first ones that came out of Egypt when he was taking them into the land didn't believe. So he waited for all of them to die until the younger generation got old enough and that they would believe God. What I'm talking to you about are promises that are in the word. And God is only expecting you to believe it. And if you believe it, you'll act according to what you believe. And then he says that these promises will come to us if we believe. Listen to verse one of chapter four. Let us therefore fear lest a promise being left us of entering into his rest, any of you should seem to come short of it. For unto us was a gospel preached as well as unto them, but the word preached didn't profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. So they couldn't go in. Verse three says, for we which have believed do enter into rest, as he has said, as I have sworn in my wrath, if they shall enter into my rest, although the works were finished, from the foundation of the earth. You see, God originally made man to live in a place of rest, not toiling like you see this toiling system. What we're supposed to do is be in tune in a relationship with God and we can hear him and he can tell us what to do and it can happen without this labor, labor, labor. In other words, you could prosper and still have a life to enjoy it. I'm going to continue to read to verse four. For he spoke in a certain place of the seventh day on this wise, and God did rest the seventh day from all his works. And in this place again, if they shall enter into my rest, seeing therefore it remains that some must enter therein, and they to whom it was first preached entered not in because of unbelief. Again, he limited a certain day saying in David today. Now we're in this day right now, because when he's saying in David, King David, Jesus Christ was the son of David. And so we are in the son, Jesus Christ. So again, verse seven, and he limited a certain day saying in David today, after so long a time, as it is said today, if you'll hear his voice, hearten not your heart. For if Joshua had given them rest back in the old Testament, when he led in, them into the land, then he would not afterwards spoken of another day. There remains therefore a rest to the people of God. For he that has entered into his rest, he also has ceased from his own works as God did from his. Let us labor, therefore, to enter. 
I'm going to tell you what that labor is in a minute. Let us labor, therefore, to enter into that rest, lest any man fall after the same example of unbelief. For the word of God is quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to divide asunder of soul and spirit and of joint and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. Now, the labor that we are to do is to believe the word of our covenant. But it starts with knowing it and then renewing our mind to think in line with who God has made us and seeing ourselves with what he has promised us. You know, for me, I had to get rid of a poverty mindset. I did that by meditating in the word of our covenant, the Bible. And prosperity showed up when I start seeing myself there. You see, having the opportunity is not the problem. When you see yourself prospering, the opportunity will show up. The Spirit of God will see that that happening. But you've got to do the work to see it first. Listen to 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 4. Whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Wow, that's a pretty powerful. I can't get into all that sin, but I want to say this. We can escape the corruption that is in the world through lust because we don't have to lust after anything. Everything in the world is already ours. Now, don't go crazy on this. Your neighbor's wife next door is not yours. That's lust. But the things of the world that we desire to be a blessing and to bring glory to God, they are ours. You know, our wife and I, uh, we are staying in a place that's, that we desired of the Lord And he gave us exceedingly abundantly above what we asked for. But we had to believe that we had it first. You need faith to take possession of what God has promised. Listen to Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. But without faith, it's impossible to please God. For he that comes to God must believe that he is, and he's a rewarder to those who diligently seek him. God is a rewarder. He wants you to receive what he promised. God will always honor what he says in his word. I want you to listen to Isaiah chapter 55 verses 8 through 11. God is speaking here. He says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven and returns not thither, but waters the earth and makes it bring forth bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereunto I sent it. When you renew your mind to think like God, and his ways become your ways, your life will rise to a new level, a level where people know you are walking with the living God. God wants to show out in your life today and in the lives of his people, especially today with all of the evil going on in the world. Our answer is to say to God, let's go, God. Do good through me. Love through me. Bless me with millions of dollars so I can help people. Use me to heal the sick. Use me to change my family and the generations following me. You may say, well, I'm just one person. What can I do? Well, look at what Abraham did. One man. The world is still being blessed because of him. 
God just needs a willing vessel, a vessel that will learn his ways and take on his thoughts. In the Old Testament, there was a man named Gideon who was from one of the poorest families in the land, and he, according to his own words, said he was the least in his father's house. And the angel of the Lord showed up to tell him God wanted to use him to deliver his people. And listen to what the angel said when he showed up. Oh, mighty man of valor. Now, I'm sure Gideon must have thought, you got the wrong person. But the angel was giving Gideon God's thoughts about him. And he rose to see himself like that, and he delivered God's people like a mighty man of valor. You see, you are far more than what you think you are. God has placed something in you that can impact the world for good. But it starts with thinking like God, adopting God's ways. How do you do that? Daily, start reading the promised covenant, the sworn covenant that was sworn in the blood of Jesus Christ. And let God reveal who you really are and what you really have available to you. Last scripture I'm going to end with is Galatians 3, 29 through verse, uh, chapter 4, verse 2. And if you be Christ, then are you Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Now I say that the heir, as long as he is a child, differs nothing from a servant, though he be Lord of all, but is under tutors and governors until the time appointed of the Father. You might look like a servant right now, but if you become a student in the Word of God and learn how to hear and follow Holy Spirit, the world will soon see that you are an heir of Almighty God as the blessings of God overtake your life. It can happen to you because God has promised and sworn. Let me say right here, if you don't know our living Savior, Jesus Christ, you can get to know him now. Pray this prayer with me. Say, God, I believe that you sent your son, Jesus Christ, to die for my sins. Jesus, I accept you into my life as my Lord and my Savior. Help me to live this life. Thank you. That's it. It's that simple. If you believe what you just prayed, he has come in. Start reading the Bible for yourself. You can start in the book of St. John and in the book of Romans, and God will begin to show you his purpose for your life, and he'll begin to show himself unto you. Okay, we'll see you on the next episode. I was